the manager made a point that we weren't allowed to speak foreign languages in the changing room. Wow, quite a strict rule. Well, it lasted as long as the meeting, because as soon as the lads walked out, they started speaking French to the point that they deliberately started speaking more French. I'm Alex Southwaite, and in this podcast series, we immerse ourselves in culture by hearing different stories that will inspire, fascinate, and educate. In our second episode, we dive into the world of sport. Have you ever considered how difficult it is to play in a foreign country? How do you begin to fit in? Well, in this episode, we hear from someone who has experienced it firsthand, as we hear the importance of integrating into a team through language and the famous stars who got their start through their language skills. And joining me to talk about their own personal stories today is a footballing legend who has played for over eight clubs and most recently managed the Kerala Blasters in the Indian Super League. So I'm sure he's got a few stories up his sleeve. It's Mr. David James. How are you doing? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Lovely, uh, lovely introduction there. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself and your lengthy career around the world. Yes, uh, you're right there. More than eight teams. I've played in 10 different um, clubs, if you like, across the world. I mean, most of it, eight of the clubs were in England. Um, I had a short spell in Iceland. And finally, as you said, I had a couple of spells, one as a player and one as a manager at Kerala Blasters in, um, in India. So eventually I got to literally play around the world as a footballer, which uh, brought me great joy. Yeah, didn't you? I'd love to hear a little bit about how it works when a foreign player comes to play in the UK, for example. Do they get translators? Do they have language lessons? How does that work? Well, I think if you go back to the beginning of my career, um, which does seem like a long time ago, but um, back in literally 30 years ago when I when I started my professional career, we we had a thing in, in, in English football where the foreigners were essentially guys from Ireland, Scotland or Wales. Um, <laughs> the, the idea that there was an actual foreign, foreigner from, uh, say, Europe even, was an oddity. Um, gradually that became different and a lot of Scandinavian players came over. Um, then there was an influx of, I remember, African players and then French players became more dominant. And it wasn't until, I'd say, around the 2000s that your the Premier League as it is now is is more recognisable in the sense that the players were coming from literally anywhere in the world. And I think, again, going back to the beginning and how that transition was made, there was, wasn't really an appreciation for foreign players having to, uh, to adapt. If they didn't speak English, they were a problem, that, rather than how can we help them. And, um, yeah, fortunately, English, is, as, you, as you know, is a is one of the most common languages in the world. So for foreign players to adapt wasn't so difficult. Um, but what I found, it again, sort of going through the timeline, is that the, the foreign players speak in English, but the English players are starting to speak more um, foreign languages. I mean, at school, I learned German. Yeah. Um, I quickly forgot German. Was it something you were enthusiastic about at school, learning a language? Not at all. No, it was my first language. I think it was, um, it was a sort of prerequisite for any uh, sort of school was um, learning French. Yeah. And I remember, the, it kind of put me off because I remember studying really hard, not that I was any good. 
and we did our day trip to Paris. And the only time I used French was in a shop where I said, excuse moi to, um, to, a, to a couple of shoppers. And they turned around and went, oh, sorry, sorry. And it was like the only French I've used was English tourists. <laughs> so it, it kind of it disappointed me a little bit. Um, as I say, I learned a bit of German, didn't get on too well with that. By, by this time, I was already sort of focused on not becoming a professional footballer, but just obsessed and focused on sport. So, um, yeah, if it, if it wasn't sport, I wasn't really taking on too much. But again, going through sort of the transition, I didn't learn any languages sort of up until I think I was 29. And there was a view that I might get a move to a Spanish club. And uh, I started learning Spanish pretty badly, but I was learning Spanish. Now, the again, I think a lot of the listeners will sort of understand this. You can learn on your own, which is great. And you end up, depending on how you learn, I had a tutor at the time. They were introduced in my, uh, from my experiences in um, at Manchester City. So sort of mid 2000s. And I think a lot of this is to do with finance. You know, football clubs back in the 90s weren't as rich as football clubs in the, in the sort of noughties and onwards. So part of that, and also as well, as I said, the, um, if you can understand the, uh, the demographic of the, the changing room, where it was pretty much Central Europe, now it was global, um, for clubs to invite or interest foreign players, language or language teachers are going to be part of that. So it wasn't until then that um, they started getting introduced and yeah. What about integration then? So when players come over from other countries, I kind of picture it a bit like a first day at a new high school. So all of the kids from one place are sat in one area. Is it like that all Brazilian <laughs> players hang out together or? Um, in, well, yeah. I mean, as I say, fortunately, I was part of that trans transitional period, if you like. And um, just a foreign player would stick out. I mean, everyone generally everyone's nice and tries to get on with them, but you've got to remember that this guy has come to take someone's place usually, and therefore he's upsetting whatever friendship circles have been created in the changing room. So it was, I think, a lonely place at the beginning. Um, you need to have a big character. Aston Villa, we had uh, David Ginola. So I've heard that when you were at Portsmouth, there were a lot of French players there. <laughs> and I'm just wondering how that affected the dynamic of the team. And also, did you try and learn French yourself a little bit more after school? <laughs> yeah, well, well, this is the thing. I, I was fortunate to say because I, I tried to do it in, um, at Aston Villa. Um, I left, I was only there for a couple of years and uh, I left the club, went to West Ham, which was a very English club. There were some French guys there and I still retained some basic French. So I could, you know. You could say on, excuse moi. Yeah, excuse, to, to an actual French person, which, which kind of made two years of learning at school well worthwhile. Then I moved up to Manchester City. Um, Sylvain Distan was... Again, one of my teammates, French speaking, and I actually started to pick up a lot more French. Um, I used to go in, I, I can't, I'm, I'm so bad because I've spoken French for so long. But essentially, an, an English translation was um, What do you think of the um, economic and political situation in France at the moment? <laughs> so, this is Sound one pull out of your sleeve, ready? Yeah, well, I, I was doing, a, there, was a, there was a language teacher online. Actually, I bought the CDs. Um, and I, I used to listen to him because my drive was 45 minutes, so I'd listen to him on the way in. And uh, Sylvan, he, he'd understand what I said, I said, if you like. But because of it, we would 
start using different words. We'd start talking about, and more importantly, I think we would start talking about France. And I was, I'd be looking at properties. And I was thinking, you know, John, I fancy moving to France. I can speak a bit of French. You know, I, I wouldn't mind living in France, blah, blah, blah. And then Sylvain would start describing and talking about France and different areas of France. So, um, and even to the point that the way that you speak French, JMO, is like me saying, hello, how are you? <laughs> he says, we don't speak like that. It's more slang. So I was, again, understanding that even though you're learning a language, there is a different version of the same language. So um, going for, fast forward, I moved to Portsmouth and then Sylvain moved to Portsmouth as well. So the French continued. Um, there was a lot of, I say a lot, there was a few French guys at the beginning because it was a very English football club. And um, it reached a... It reached a point where with the French players and the African players who all seem to speak French, um, the first language in the change room was French, which was interesting um, to the point that the manager... The dynamic of the team? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, again, I suppose when you look at it on a cultural thing, I, I've been in that situation in India, funny enough, where... I've sort of, I can't say I've brought my language to the changing room, but the French French language had been brought to the changing room because it was essentially the most frequently used um, tongue amongst different groups yeah. of players. From, um, from an English point of view, I think the English players felt restricted. I didn't care because I could speak a bit of French, um, but other English guys who didn't speak different languages, I think struggled. So um, the manager made a point that we weren't allowed to speak foreign languages in the changing room. Wow, quite a strict rule. Well, it lasted as long as the meeting, because as soon as the lads walked out, they started speaking French to the point that they deliberately started speaking more French. Um, it, yeah, it, it did change the dynamic. Uh, we had a, I'm trying to think if we were successful, and it was Portsmouth's, <laughs> Portsmouth's time, or my time Portsmouth was a, was a proper roller coaster. So um, in the end, the manager left and team got relegated so yeah. so David you've obviously talked about foreign players coming over to the UK but you have been a foreign manager yourself over in India have you got any interesting stories or anecdotes about foreign managers in the UK yeah um, well I, I think the only foreign managers I've had have been at international levels so we had Sven Goran Eriksson originally um, Swede, Swedish Swedish who was very fluent in English, um, so it was never really a problem. And then we had Fabio Capello, uh, the Italian manager for England, and his English wasn't the best, I think, as a, as a euphemism. Um, we had a, he also spoke Spanish because he'd managed in Real Madrid at some point. And we were in the World Cup 2010, we were in um, Blue Fontaine, I think it was called. Um, the, the facility, the gym was just across the way from the hotel. I remember one morning I walking to the gym. I remember I spoke Spanish. Fabio was walking out and I said, uh, hola, como estas? And he corrected me. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I walked past. It was the strangest thing. There was no... Warmness. <laughs> no. I, I, felt, I felt I let him down. Oh, no, I think you were trying that. You definitely should have got marks for that, certainly. Yeah, but it was, again, it was just having been, a, as I say, as a manager in India speaking English and trying every every player, I tried to learn hello. 
we had um, we had guys from Serbia. So every morning I would say hello to everyone in their language, um, and there was me saying hello in Spanish to Fabio, and he dismissed me. Well, you certainly can't say that you don't try with languages. It sounds like wherever you go, you try and get stuck in with the language and culture. So that's definitely good. I do. I love it. Well, there are obviously some challenges, like you've said, having a team or a workplace where lots of different languages are spoken, but there must be some benefits and plus sides to this as well. So what of these can you think of? So having different, well, I think, I think a lot of it depends on the players within the team. Now, you know, I can mention the Premier League and the, the, as a player, obviously my focus was primarily and almost mainly um, on playing, I mean, uh, learning different languages and doing outside activities, obviously, as was needed at some point. But um, depending on the players, depending on the team and the, the challenges, I think will have a big influence on how foreign culture or foreign languages will affect the, the team dynamic. So going to India was, um, well, that was amazing. I'd never been to India before. I had exactly the same experience actually. So I work in India quite a lot myself. And okay. once again, I didn't realize quite how diverse India is, not just in terms of the way people look, but even the languages, there's so many different languages. And you must've found that even in Kerala, they have obviously a local language, but there's lots of different dialects. And you probably had players coming from all over speaking different Indian languages, not just Hindi, they might be Bengali or... Mm -hmm. We, well, that was the thing. I mean, the, the first year was a little bit easier. We were there for three, three four months. Um, again, English was adopted as the, the main language of the changing room, if you like, because everybody understood a bit of English as opposed to um, fully understanding any other language. And uh, we had a lot of, I think half the squad was foreign players. And again, English was easier for them. I did have a coach who was from India, so he kind of could deal with the, the Indian side of it, if you like. Um, and I was also a player manager, so I, I, I was kind of focused on training, managing, limited resources, whatever. Three months, four months, we were done. When I got called to go back again in 2018, I took on a completely different approach. Having said that, sorry, I, <laughs> I, I downloaded about 15 podcast type language hindi language um broadcasts to to learn for, for the first year and I, as soon as i started saying things similar to what sylvan distan said to me i was trying to say these uh here hap and i and the guy's going no it's not how you say it. oh here's another one no 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 it's not how you say it and it was just like why have i and i played it to them they went no that's not good <laughs> i was like oh no it's a very challenging language though because i feel when i've tried to learn spanish or italian i understand some of the where the language comes from kind of the base mm. of the language and hindi is just so completely different it's hard to know where to start isn't it yeah i think it's sanskrit yeah if i'm not mistaken um well it I think, that, and again, the, the, these are the challenges from a footballing point of view, um, similar to Juan Pablo Angel when he first came to Aston Villa. If you jump into a situation which you need to start working straight away, then you're there for one primary reason, that's to work. If it was a holiday which then became work, then you'd have a bit of time to adjust. And I think with, with Hindi, I had all the best intentions, but as soon as you start working, 24-7, you are doing work, and then it becomes very difficult to fit in the 
the language. So I think you just pick bits up as you go. Now, again, there's, there's speaking language and there's understanding culture. Um, the first time I went, I went with my family and I went a week ahead and I said, I need to go to where I'm working. So I spent a week in Kerala, um, went around, went on a boat trip. I mean, it was a bit of a touristy thing, but at the same time, I was trying to understand where I'm going to work. So when I actually get to work, I'm not just amazed by the scenery. And um, I learned a lot. I mean, Kerala is one of the most diverse states in, a, in India. Uh, I think it's even a communist state. I think people described it as a communist state. Um, you're right, the, the local language there is Malayalam, which is very different, not massively different, but very different to, uh, um, to Hindi. Then the, the other language, I don't, you say Bengali, I, I can't even remember some of the languages there. I think there's 2,000 different dialects. So going, again, fast forward into two, uh, 2018, we, I tried to, um, part, of my, part of my management request was for translators. And it was a weird request. Yeah. Because, you know, the thing was, it was a weird request because I didn't want, I wanted translators on both sides. I wanted someone who could teach the Indian players, the indigenous players, some English and the foreign players, some say Malayalam or Hindi. Um, I didn't want to force it upon the players. So I don't think that was right. The offer was there. Now, as it happens, they never, never managed to get a translator. So we were kind of working with each other on stuff. But um, again, I think culturally it's important that if you can communicate in someone's mother tongue, then there's a sign of respect. Um, so when it came to an strange thing, the team meetings where, <laughs> or even you know, just before training, I would say something to the players and you've got 20, 30 players just nodding their heads like, do you understand, did you get that? And every now and then I'd say, repeat what I said. <laughs> And the guy would go, uh, and I said, well, can someone translate? And then we'd kind of get it through. And then in the end, I got caught out once, which was quite nice. One of the uh, younger players was, yeah, nodding. I said, you haven't understood a word. I've said, have you? And he went, I did. I said, what did I say? And then he just relayed it all back to me. I was like, good. Oh, good, wow. good. If I go for an extended period of time, I mean, even if I go for a short period of time, I, I always, whatever country is, first thing I do is learn hello and thank you. And if I can if I can pick the language up, then I might extend that to a little bit more. And if I'm there for a, for a, depending on the length of the time, I will ask local people or whoever I'm with, how do you say this? How do you say that? You know, I drink loads and loads of coffee, so I asked one of the guys, how do you say? I think well, I can't even remember the right way of saying it on one of the one of the language apps. It was um, put it. It was wrong. And my, my coach, one of my coaches was indigenous, uh, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Tangboy. And uh, he was from the Northeast working in Kerala, but he, um, he said, just say Apke Pass, which essentially means, can I have? Yeah. So he said, Apke Pass, and then put anything on. <laughs> it's like the, um, how can I say, the universal, universal phrase. And uh, so I'd say, Apke Pass, black coffee here. And then the waiter would say, yeah, okay, no problem, and pour your coffee. And I was thinking, that isn't even anywhere near what I was trying to learn. But it's so, communicated well. So you said that you were learning a bit of Hindi, and I've heard you're also learning some Mandarin as well. So how is that going, and how have you been learning them? Yeah, the, the Hindi, because I still work for um, Indian TV, so I'm, I'm still trying to pick up bits of Hindi, obviously not being submersed in it, it's not so easy. Um, my partner is from Hong Kong and uh, she, 
we, we, we sort of toyed with the idea of learning Cantonese, but she said to me, don't bother because hardly anyone speaks Cantonese. You need to learn Mandarin. So using the Rosetta Stone app, I've started to look into Mandarin. I mean, one of the, one of the things, technology is a wonderful thing now because I sort of go back to the beginning. It was literally a, a, a book, an audio book, that they were telling me what to say and there was no sort of reverse dialogue, if you like. Um, with the app, you get a chance to actually speak into the app and it will say, it will give you a mark out of, out of 10 or give you a green light or a red light, depending on how close to the, uh, the actual dialect you are. So I'm starting Mandarin, which is very, very difficult. Are you enjoying it? Well, it's good. It's good. I mean, things I'm, I'm very obsessive. So um, the beauty of the app is it gives you, you know, sort of a time, preferred time exposure to the language. But uh, if you want to sit there for an hour or two and learn it, then you take on loads of information. Fortunately for me, now I can bounce it off my partner. So uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Next time I speak to you, I, I'm not going to be fluent, I'm sure, but I will. Um, I'll know a few more phrases, I'm sure. We'll do the whole recording in Mandarin to test you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's about all we've got time for today. So just a very big thank you to you, David, for those fascinating stories. That was so interesting. Thank you very much indeed. It was a pleasure.